Hello and welcome to April Fool's Day. I am incredibly excited about this because I am going to read to you, my darling listeners, some of my favourite, 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 interesting poetry. Let's call it that, yes. I'm going to read you poems from three authors who wrote them in full sincereness. The first one is William McGonagall, a famous Scottish poet who I absolutely adore. His work is a treat. We have Julia Ann Moore, who is from America and is often compared to McGonagall. And we have Amanda McKittrick Ross, who is British, and she was widely loved and mocked by the Inkling Society that C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien was a part of. So let's jump right in. Our first poem is Captain Teach, alias Blackbeard, by William McGonagall. Edward Teach was a native of Bristol and sailed from that port on board a privateer in search of sport. As one of the crew during the French war in that station, and for personal courage, he soon gained his captain's approbation. It was in the spring of 1717, Captain Hangold and Teach sailed from Providence for the continent of America and no further hence, and in their way captured a vessel laden with flour, which they put on board their own vessel in the space of an hour. They also seized two other vessels and took some gallons of wine, besides plunder to considerable value, and most of it most costly design. And after that they made a prize of the large French guinea man. Then, to act an independent part, Teach now began. But the news spread through America far and near, and filled many of the inhabitants' hearts with fear. The Lieutenant Maynard, with his sloop of war, directly steered, and left James River on the 17th of November in the quest for Blackbeard. <laughs> and on the evening of the 21st came in sight of the pirate, and when Blackbeard spied his sloops, he felt elated. <laughs> When he saw the sloop sent to apprehend him, he didn't lose his courage, but fiendishly did grin, and told his men to cease from drinking and their tittle-tattle, although he had only twenty men on board, and prepare for battle. In case anything should happen to him during the engagement, one of his men asked him who felt rather discontent, whether his wife knew where he had buried his pelf, when he impiously replied that nobody knew but the devil and himself. In the morning Maynard weighed and sent his boat to sound, which, coming near the pirate, unfortunately ran aground. But Maynard lightened his vessel of the ballast and water, whilst from the pirate ship small shot loudly did clatter. But the pirate's small shot or slugs didn't Maynard appall. He told his men to take their cutlasses and be ready upon his call, and to conceal themselves every man below while he would remain at the helm and face the foe. Then Blackbeard cried, They're all knocked on the head. Then he saw no hand upon deck. He thought they were dead. Then Blackbeard boarded Maynard's sloop without dismay, but Maynard's men rushed upon deck and began the deadly fray. 
Then Blackbeard and Maynard engaged sword in hand, and the pirate fought manfully and made a bold stand. And Maynard with twelve men and Blackbeard with fourteen made the most desperate and bloody conflict that ever was seen. At last, with shots and wounds, the pirate fell down dead. Then from his body Maynard severed the pirate's head and suspended it upon the bowsprit end, and thanked God, who so mercifully did him defend. Blackbeard derived his name from his long black beard, which terrified America more than any comet that had ever appeared. But thanks be to God, in this age we need not be afeard of any such pirates as the inhuman Blackbeard. <laughs> Our second poem is Grand Rapids Cricket Club by Julia Ann Moore. In Grand Rapids is a handsome club of men that cricket play, as fine a set of skilful men that can their skill display. They are the champions of the West, they think they are quite fine. They've won a hundred honours well, it is their most cunning design. Brave Kelso, he's considered great chief of the club he has found. Great crowds he draws to see him bowl the ball upon the ground. And Mr. Follett is very brave, a lighter player than the rest. He got struck severe at the fairground, for which he took a rest. When Mr. Dennis does well play, his courage is full great, and accidents to him occur, but not much, though, of late. This ball play is a dangerous game. Brave knights to play it through. Those boys would be the nation's pride if they to war would go. From Milwaukee their club did come with thoughts of skill and play. But beat they was, and then went home, had nothing more to say. Grand Rapids club that cricket play will soon be known afar. Much prouder do the members stand, like many a noble star. Our next poem is The Old Home by Amanda McKittrick Ross. Don't I see the old home over there at the base of a triangle not overcrowded with space? "'Twas there I first breathed on the 8th of December in the year of our Lord, the month after November. I've been told it was snowy and blowy and wild when I entered the home as a newly born child. There wasn't much fuss, nor was there much joy, for sorrow was poignant, I wasn't a boy. I felt quite contented as years flitted on that I, to the coarser sex, did not belong, little dreaming that ever the time would arrive that of female attire I would be deprived. By the freak of the lustful that spreads like disease which demanded that females wear pants, if you please, but I stuck to the decentest style of attire, and to alter my gender I never aspire. During that hallowed century, now dead and gone, in which good Queen Victoria claimed to be born, from childhood her modesty ever was seen, her exalted position demanded when queen. She set an example of decency rare that no English queen before her you'd compare. Neither nude knee nor ankle, nude bosom nor arm, dared be seen in her presence, this queen to alarm. She believed in her sex being loving and kind, and a modesty never to march out of line, by exposing those members unrest to achieve which pointed to morals immorally grave. 
but sad to relate when she bade adieu to earth and its vanities tainted with rue that center of fashion so French in its style did its utmost to vilify decency's smile and mock at these garments which proved in their day at a glance who was who and wherein gender lay. But alas, since the death of her great and good queen, that attribute modesty is ne'er to be seen. It wasn't long after till modesty grew a thing of the past for me and for you. Last century's fashions were blown quite aside, the ill-advised folk of this age now deride. The petticoat faded away as we do, in, in circumference it covered not one leg but two. Its successor exposes the arms, breasts and necks, legs, knees and thighs, and too often the... I am not leaving anything out of that poem. It ends on too often the blank full stop. We return to William McGonagall with his tribute to Robert Burns. This is indeed just a tribute. Immortal Robert Burns of air, there's but few poets can with you compare. Some of your poems and songs are very fine, to Mary in heaven is most sublime. And then again in your Cotter's Saturday night, your genius there does shine most bright, as pure as the dewdrops of the night. Your Tam O'Shanter is very fine, both funny, racy, and divine. From John O'Groats to Dumfries, all critics consider it to be a masterpiece. And also, you have said the same, therefore they are not to blame. And in my own opinion, both you and they are right, for your genius there does sparkle bright, which I most solemnly declare to the immortal bard of air. Your banks and brays of bonny doon is sweet and melodious in its tune, and the poetry is moral and sublime, and in my opinion nothing could be more fine. Your Scots way hey, we Wallace bled, is most beautiful to hear sung or read, for your genius there does shine as bright like unto the stars of night. Immortal bard of air, I must conclude my muse to speak in praise of thee does not refuse. For you were a mighty poet, few could with you compare, and also an honour to Scotland, for your genius it is rare. Once again we will be delighted by Julia Ann Moore and her early days of Rockford. My friends, I pray you listen. I'll sing a little song about the village of Rockford. It will not take me long. And how it was first settled by enterprising men and all the news about it. I'll tell you if I can. Situated in a wilderness with forests all around, 13 miles from Grand Rapids in this flourishing town, on the banks of Rogue River there runs the water still, and in the early settled days was called Laphamville. First settled by Smith Lapham in 1843, then came the Hunter Brothers to keep him company. Lapham and Hunter Brothers built each a shingle mill on the banks of Rogue River are the same old buildings still. In the early days of Rockford they had to run a stage. They had no other convenience to get from place to place. 
Now they go by railway. The cars run night and day. The early days of Rockford have nearly passed away. Our last poem is once again by Amanda McKittrick Ross. It's very short, and it is entitled Visiting Westminster Abbey. Holy Moses, have a look! Flesh decayed in every nook. Some rare bits of brain lie here, mortal loads of beef and beer, some of whom are turned to dust. Every one bids lost to lust. Royal flesh so tinged with blue undergoes the same as you. Thank you very much for listening to our special April Fool's Day celebration. These poets, in all sincerity, wrote these verses, and in my opinion, they gave us a gift, for we can all laugh merrily at them. Most of these authors did not respond to feedback very well. If you want to write good poetry, or anything at all, then listen to feedback. But if in hundreds of years' time you want to be remembered, and you want to bring joy to millions, then go right ahead. Write as if no one's watching, and don't listen to any criticism, and you will definitely be remembered. But perhaps not quite in the way you wanted. If you would like to suggest or submit a short story or a subject that you'd like us to cover, then contact us through our Facebook page or Twitter, and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production.